Arizona Sports. Breaking news. <laughs> Wednesday, October 19th. The Phoenix Suns will open up the season against the Dallas Mavericks. Let's go. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. Although, Luke and the Mavs, no Brunson. Sham Sharania, after blowout Game 7 loss in the Western Semifinals, the Phoenix Suns will host the Dallas Mavericks in the season opener for both teams on October 19th. Luca and his new backcourt starter, Spencer Dinwiddie versus Devin Booker. I'm Chris Paul. All right. All right. But Bring it on. Nothing against Eric's fine Sports Center update just a second ago. Revenge is not what's going to be on the table that night. There's no revenge that night. There's nothing no. the Suns can do on opening night. They're going to want to win that game really bad. <laughs> there is, I mean, that team eliminated you. They took your hopes and dreams away. They crushed you. I mean, it was I, the, I get the, that. Like they're going to want to win that game. I get that, but that is in no way, shape, or form going to be vengeance for what happened last May. Revenge, Remember the games against vengeance. Milwaukee. Hmm? You remember the games they had against Milwaukee last year? Yeah, didn't make me feel any better about the finals I, losses. I know it doesn't, but for them, those games mean something. Oh, I'm not, Listen, there's only so many games you could really get yourself up for during the course of a season. Yeah. Dallas will be one of those games. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm being selfish here. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about me. Like I'm, I'm not going to watch that game at all, man. Whew. Yeah, we showed you. <laughs> we, we got you. Yeah. yeah, we also we also lost to you in Game Six and Game Seven by a combined 350 points. I mean, it, it's it, it, Suns it, versus Javale McGee. Oh yeah, the starting that. center. There's that angle too. DeAndre Ayton against Javale McGee. No, I, I, and Eric, I'm not trying to. I'm not being critical of you. I'm just saying that that's like for me as a Forever Suns fan. I don't look at that night and go, "Yeah, we stuck it to the Mavs because we beat them on opening nights." It doesn't change anything. But then opening night comes and it happens. And if they do stomp on them, you'll feel a little bit better. Mm, a little, little better. Uh, it'll be. It's certainly of all the teams you could handpick to open the season again. That's the one, right? That's the one. All right, let's yeah. go. Yeah, see what we got. Uh, so that's October. And then you'll 19th. wait two months, and then you'll play him, and then you'll wait two months, and then you'll play him, and then you'll play him in the playoffs, and I'll make a whole bunch of adjustments. And I mean, that's the way it goes. But I think, listen, that's a good opening night game. That's oh, a, yeah. that's a fun opening night game. Now, according to uh, reports that I've seen, the schedule is going to be released on Wednesday. And it doesn't have the hoopla of like the NFL schedule release, obviously. But if you're a Suns fan. We'll be looking at that to see when are the nationally televised games, how often are they on national TV. We'll probably get confirmation of the Christmas game against the Nuggets, which is always an honor. If you're an NBA team, we'll find out how many times they're going to be on TNT and ESPN. We're expecting quite a few. But the schedule leaks are starting to come out, and now it's going to be opening night at home against the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, we've got that going for us. In the meantime, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they got preseason games. Game number one under their belts. They played and beat the Bengals on Friday night. Now preseason game number two is coming up against the 21 preseason wins hmm. in a row Baltimore Ravens team. For That's which such an odd, odd stat. It's such an odd stat. Preseason games where you're not playing starters and it don't matter and somehow they haven't lost since 2015. It's crazy. It is. It is. I think it's seven years of not losing a preseason game. It's me. 
meaningless. It doesn't. Yeah, it has, it has yeah, no value. Yeah. It has. You know, there's no. Quickly, Murata did that the other day. What's a meaningless thing that you know that you're good at? The Ravens could put that. We're really good at winning preseason football games. Yeah, congratulations. We are the best at winning preseason football games. Now for Cliff Kingsbury, he says the plan with his starters is similar as it was to last week. I would say it's similar to last week. Okay, which means no Kyler, no. I mean, hardly know anybody, right? I mean, if it's similar, <laughs> we're, we're not playing anyone. We're not playing anybody. No, they're not gonna. You know, and I'm okay with that. I mean, listen, I I think. Our, our thinking over time has changed along with the NFL changing, right? I mean, the amount of money being paid, the injuries that are out there now, it's just, you know, I think we used to like the preseason a little bit more because the physicality and let guys go at it. And, you know, and, and just the, the philosophy was different. I'm going to play my quarterback for, for a quarter. Then I'm going to play him for a half. And then I'm going to really let him play a lot in that third game and then not play him in the fourth game. And, you know, we were kind of, I don't know, it's kind of way we were groomed to believe that yes. that was the right way to do it. When you see something over and over again for decades, you kind of feel like this is the right way. But then once injuries started mounting and you realize just the talent level, especially a quarterback, like a quarterback gets hurt, you know, a lot of coaches have come with that philosophy that it is better to just get through this preseason unscathed. Now, some teams play their quarterbacks. The Jets played their starting quarterback. He got hurt. Yeah. Okay? Non-contact injury, by nope. the way. He had not, not nope. touched. And he's going to be out for, what, four weeks? That's the plan. And here comes Joe Flacco. Uh, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that I'm fine with this now. I mean, just, you know, get your work in. Uh, I think in the past, I, I don't think we believed that the players, like you go back to the 80s and stuff, I think you used the, the, the camp in the preseason to get in shape and get ready. And I think now guys are more ready than they are in the past. Yeah, I think in the past there was a belief that you needed those games to get ready that without those games you'd be at some kind of disadvantage because your guys would be rusty because they wouldn't be ready to go last year last year Kyler Murray threw four preseason passes he completed one of them what did it matter in the season opener against Tennessee he accounted for five touchdowns I would submit it didn't count for any it didn't matter for a no, thing no he didn't he didn't need the preseason to get him so they came out they took a Tennessee Titans team that was really good, and on the road they bludgeoned them. We came back here and on that Monday we're like, oh my god, the Cardinals maybe they're going to be really good. They just went to Tennessee and they worked the Titans over. They didn't need... Well, good luck if they beat Kansas City in week one this year because if they do, it's going to be like, oh my goodness. You yeah. know? Oh yeah. It's going to be bigger than that, that Titans game. Now there are teams that need the preseason. There are players that need yeah, the preseason. The Jaguars, the Jets. Right, but, sure. but even, even players on the Cardinals, Greg Dortch, he needs preseason games. Right. Um, All right. Does Trey Lance need preseason games? Well, I would starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I would think he does. But I also I would think he needs preseason. I'm surprised if he doesn't play in preseason game number two, which apparently is the plan, the thinking. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play in preseason game number two. I would have thought he would have. So they get the Vikings? I think so. I don't think he played. I, I'd be surprised if he played. I, I, because they're coming off of a high where he actually played pretty well. Right. He was just only out there for 11 snaps. Right. I just would have thought a guy who's barely played, you probably want to give him a little more action as the starter. But according to what we've heard, the plan is that Trey Lance isn't going to play in game two. I, I just think there's certain Victor Dimu KJ. He needs the preseason. Uh, Andy Isabella needs the preseason. Even Marco Wilson, Zaven Collins, those guys need yeah. some reps. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not, you know, for my starters, 
J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, Isaiah Simmons, Kyler Murray. Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown. No way. No way. A.J. Green doesn't need preseason football. I'm not football. putting those guys out there. Uh-uh. I want those guys to be as even healthy the, as they can be as long as they can Even though be. the risk of an injury is still small, it's just the fact that there is a risk compared to no risk. You know, they don't play it as no risk. They do play this some risk. Coaches would rather not risk a guy getting injured. There is bold, and then there's not so bold. When it comes to predictions, what are the bold predictions for the Cardinals this season? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Train camp continued with a practice today. Every practice this week is going to be closed to the public, but camp does continue until the end of the week. Then they've got the Ravens on Sunday in preseason game number two. And then after that, team travels to Nashville, Tennessee for a series of joint practices with the Titans before they play the Titans in the final preseason game next weekend. And then that's it. It's the regular season opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, at practice today, Kyler was out there. Hollywood Brown was out there. There's still some concerned about the tight ends and the injuries. Antoine Wesley at wide receiver looks like it might be another week or two, maybe until he's back. There's still some kind of questions about him. They had the black helmets out there today. They're going to wear those on you know Sunday night against the Ravens, so they kind of want to break those in. I've cut five players so far. Yep. You're going to have another cut-down day that'll happen on the 23rd, and then the final down to the 53-man roster will be on the 30th. So I'm keeping my eye on the cut-down dates too because I do expect that they're looking at trade possibilities for a cornerback because I still think that's the way, the most likely way that they get one. You're not gonna, they're not going to get one off of the, you know, now at this point, but I think after next week because it's very possible that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the cornerbacks you don't want to get to the point where you cut the guy so you want to trade him before he gets cut. So it's very likely that for a team get through the first preseason game okay, no injuries. Get through the second preseason game, no injuries. Okay, third preseason game, nobody's playing. Nobody's playing. I don't have to worry about an injury. Nobody's playing. So, okay, now I'm more likely to trade a guy. So I think the twenty. you, you went from 90 to 85. You'll go from 85 to 80. And then you'll go from 80 to 53 on the three cutdown days. But I think that after the second preseason game, it's more likely that trades will open up for teams that want to make a trade. And surely you've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. The Cardinals, we still believe, have to add a corner. They have to. They just don't have enough at the position and you've said for weeks now two weeks that you fully expect the Cardinals to get one and you really believe that they're going to trade for one when it's all said and done the the bottom line is we're getting closer I mean we're we're all we're not there but you can kind of see it from here right you, we're the season opener is right around the corner and we're building up towards that moment and the closer we get the more predictions we're going to get and the more this and the more that and things like that pro football focus today came out with their bold predictions for every NFC West team. And their first bold prediction for the Cardinals with the season about a month away might not be that bold to some people. Bold prediction number one. The Arizona Cardinals will exceed their projected win total comfortably. Comfortably. Their projected that win total mean nine. No, eight and a half is their projected win total that means, per Vegas. That means what? Eleven wins? Means at least ten. Ten win? Okay, at ten least and seven? Ten. Yep. Now listen, all along I felt like the Cardinals were in a good spot because the NFC West, the NFC overall is just not that good. Nobody improved. 
Did the AFC teams get better? Yes, AFC teams got better. Just go. The AFC is stacked. They're loaded. There's so many good teams. There's not that many good teams in the NFC. Nobody got that much better. Some teams got worse, but not that many teams got better. But one thing that the Cardinals are going to have to deal with is that schedule. The Cardinals' schedule is brutal, right? They've got to play all those teams in the AFC West. They've still got to play the Bucks and Tom Brady, if Tom Brady's going to play. Like, it is a hard schedule. So that's the one thing that could prevent them from comfortably topping that. But I still think in the end, like, I don't think you're going to need a, you know, 10. I think you can get in 9 and 8 will probably get you in to the playoffs in the NFC with the extra playoff team, just because there's no, there's not that many good teams in the NFC. I think 10 probably gets you in for almost for sure. For if, you, sure. if you can get to 10 and 7, I think you're, I think you're going to get in. And I, I, I will admit you swayed me a little bit to that thinking because at the, you know, month ago, I would have said, I don't think the Cardinals are a playoff team. I don't think the Cardinals are a playoff team because of the defense. I don't think the Cardinals are a playoff team because of the schedule. And I don't think they're a playoff team because in general, usually the fifth, sixth, and seventh playoff teams don't make it the next year. There's just a lot of churn at the bottom. But I agree. The only team in the NFC that I feel Philly. like is Philly. I feel like potentially they yeah. got better with A.J. Brown. Like there's, there's an addition there that could make them a lot better than they were a year ago. Uh, but you're right. The Saints, they didn't really... The, the, the Falcons, the... I think the Panthers potentially got a lot better because of Baker. I don't know if it's better enough to make them a playoff team, but I think they got better with Baker. I think the Eagles got better. But I think the Cardinals, look, man, they were 10-2 and on December 2nd. They were the best team in the NFC by two full games, and they collapsed. Can they avoid that again? Comfortably? Comfortably says to me, 10 or 11 wins this season. And if that's what they think is their bold prediction, sign me up because I think that makes them a playoff. Yeah, listen, they won 11 games last year and they had that tremendous slide at the end. There's a lot of talent. They're a good football team. But, okay, Dallas and Philly battle it out in the East, but Washington and a giant stink. Green Bay in the North, but I don't think that the Detroit, Chicago, or Minnesota are that good. Nope. The Bucks in the South, if Tom Brady, like, you know, right, if Tom Brady's good, I mean, is New Orleans Atlanta or Carolina any good? I know you mentioned Carolina because of Baker Mayfield. They won five games last year. Yeah. And in the West, you know, yeah, the Rams are going to be good, but Stafford's dealing with some issues, and the 49ers have a young quarterback that, you know, played in North Dakota State in two games last year, but he doesn't have a lot of experience playing football, you know, the last couple of years. Seattle's not going to be any good. I just don't think there's enough talent, but the only thing that could do the Cardinals in, to me, would be that schedule. But even when I look at the schedule, I still see, like, I don't think they're going to lose every game to the AFC West. Kansas City, Denver, the Chargers, the Raiders. I mean, they like even though that's a tough schedule, I, I doubt they're going to go 0-4 against that schedule. Okay, so on a boldness scale, yeah. the Cardinals will exceed their projected win total comfortably. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the boldest thing I've ever heard, I would put that prediction at a 6. In terms of its boldness. I think it's bold, but it's not like, oh my God, can you believe somebody said that about the Cardinals? I'd put it at a six. It's on fair. a scale of one is fair. Bold prediction number two. And it's a ten. This is a ten. <laughs> Zaven Collins finishes with a top ten linebacker grade. That's wow. a bold take. Top ten. Top ten linebacker grade What's in the, the NFL. Justification for that. Um let's see. Uh, for two straight seasons, blah blah blah. Uh Collins wasn't without fault when he was on the field, but overall he made an impact, particularly against the run. He read that part of the game quickly and decisively and got into position. He flashed enough impact skills 
feels that he could easily end year two with a top 10 grade at the position. I like the blah, blah, blah better <laughs> as the reason why. <laughs> Sorry. It was, Saving Collins is just a lot of blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Third one could be a little more real, realistic with Christian Kirk on. Yeah, on a boldest scale, I would put this one at a four. Rondell Moore gets 100 targets. Christian Kirk had 103 last year. Now, Hollywood Brown's going to take targets, but then you don't have Hop for the first six games. Earth is going to take targets because he's going to be here the whole year, right? So that's a different kind of factor in all of this. Yeah. Um, Chase Edmonds, you don't have a back like that, but you want to have a back like that that you throw the ball to. I don't. I don't think that's a terribly bold take, but I think it's. I think it's very doable for Rondell Moore to get a hundred targets in this offense. Yeah, I think when. Hop went down last year and they struggled. I think that the running backs probably got more receptions than they would have normally if Kyler's running an offense that's talented with the wide, with the tight ends and the wide receivers. So, you know, you get to hop back and you've got Hop and Hollywood Brown and Rondale Moore and you've got Zach Ertz and you've got McBride. I think, I think you might see less targets to the running back than, than you did all of last year. I was a lot of a safe, was basically a lot of a safety net last year more than anything else. Yeah. And, um, for what it's worth as well, when coming to next season, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they're projecting for all of this. It's, uh, it, it's certainly adding to the anticipation of the season for sure. Now, when we come back for the final time today, we want you to become a champion of hope. The great people of Phoenix Children's Hospital need our help. We're going to tell you how you you can help next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and the Auction Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports app. Giveathon on the Burns and Gambo Show. Every year, we dedicate uh, a big chunk of our programming this week to raise not only funds. I mean, it, it is at the end of the day about, you know, it's $2.7 million per day, I think, to run the hospital. So it, it is about the money that they need to be able to care for all the kids that they see from not just Phoenix, not just Arizona, from all over the country, all over the world. There's like eight different countries who have sent kids to Phoenix Children's Fascinating, Hospital. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also about raising awareness for them. And, and just if you've never had occasion to use Phoenix Children's Hospital, just to understand how great they are at what they do and how they're on the cutting edge of what they do and how there's a reason why eight different countries have sent their kids to Phoenix Children's. There's a reason why every one of the 50 states has sent a child to Phoenix Children. They're good. They're really, really good at what they do. And when you have something that good in your backyard, Gambo, you've got to fight hard to keep it great because it's a tremendous resource. Well, when you look at the number, 375,000 outpatient visits, 89,000 emergency visits, 51,000 urgent care visits, over 24,000 surgical cases, 2,700 trauma cases, and 1,991 patients from the 50 states and those eight locations outside the U.S. that you just mentioned. I mean, they take care of a lot of kids. I mean, they take care of a lot of kids from mainly from here, mainly from here, but from from other places as well. So it's important that we support this great Gemini community. 70 different Phoenix Children's programs and services are funded either entirely or partially by philanthropy. So your donations, charity, without donor support, those 70 plus programs 
programs and services do not exist, cannot exist. And those in part are what makes the hospital so great. So we've been asking you to get involved all day. I can assure you we've got a match coming up. So I want you to remember this number because we're going to give you a real good time to donate. The Desert Financial Phone Bank is open for you at 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. And when the time comes, we're going to ask you to become a champion of hope. And what we're asking for, knowing that these are tough times for a lot of people out there, we're asking for a $20 per month donation. We want you to be a champion of hope so we can take a teddy bear to a child in that hospital today in your name. And that happens when you give $20 per month and become a champion of hope. Yeah. Kids in there battling cancer, heart defects, traumatic brain injuries, and you can help. When you become a champion of hope, we're going to give back. You can have a free, you get your choice of a free kids pass to the Wildlife World Zoo or a free polish and shine car wash at Cobblestone Auto Spa. When you become a champion of hope, that's an incentive. You'll get one of those two prizes. We ask Ask our partners to get involved as well. And uh, the next partner check presentation we have are very good personal friends of mine. And I know they are a company you use from time to time as well. And that's some boroughs. They're stopping by with their check presentation. Hi, my name is Daniela, and I'm here representing some boroughs. Today we are here at Phoenix Children's Hospital to donate a check for $5,000. And we're encouraging you to donate as well. So go ahead, give this phone number a call, 602 602- 933-4567 and we encourage you to donate just like we did. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Sombrero's $5,000 donation as part of our uh, total, which by the way, we'll give a tote board update here in just a minute, Gambo. But first, it is time to tell you a story about why Phoenix Children's Hospital makes a difference. And it's another story of hope and it's presented by Madame Holmes. This is Gia's story. After a normal pregnancy, Gia was born with an extremely rare neurogenic degenerative disorder. Only five other children are known to have been born with the exact same mutation. From the moment she was born, she required around-the-clock care. She's a fighter and an inspiration to others. This is Gia's story. Hi, I'm Angela Capello. I'm Jeremy Capello, and this is Gia's story. We had a completely normal pregnancy. Everything was fine until the moment Gia was born, and then our world spiraled out of control. Gia, unfortunately, had one of the most severe variants of KIF-1A. It's a rare neurodegenerative disorder. It can rob children uh, their ability to see, walk, talk. It is something that just happened, and we still don't know why. They put her in a little incubator and the ambulance took her to Phoenix Children's. I was just so scared and our GI doctor could see that and looked at me and hugged me and was like, we're gonna figure this out. There has been five children that have had her exact mutation. Most of them pass away anywhere from 11 months to about three years of age. She was 24-7 care. We saw a lot of doctors. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the doctors and the staff at PCH became extended members of our family. 
we were unfortunately one of those families that had to make really awful decisions but can look back and we have the best memories of her because of the staff at PCH. They were really in it with us. We're going to figure this out. We're going to make her as comfortable as we possibly can. The child life specialists became my best friends. Because of that, we have so many beautiful memories with Gia. Truly remarkable to see that level of care. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I hope we get to heaven. It looks at us all like we're kids Shameless and painless and perfect in ages Forgives all the wrong When life kind of gets hard, it's really not that hard when you put things into perspective of what our daughter went through. She was a fighter. She was. We almost lost her several times. Mm-hmm. And as weak as she was, she was so strong. To me, she's an inspiration. I can see her inspiring our other children as well. Gia. She's an inspiration. Tough story to hear. Oof. Robbed of our ability to see, to walk, to talk. And they don't know why, right? Only five other children have children had Children have had that mutation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the memories, right? They talked about the... The memories that they have with Gia. So yeah, very difficult. Some of these stories they, they just they, they bring into tears and this this one is definitely one of them. Yeah, the we had to make really awful decisions, but to your point, we have the very best memories. And yeah, not always happy endings, but certainly fighting until the very, very end and at Phoenix Children's Hospital giving every child the very best chance they possibly have. We want to thank uh, Angela and Jeremy for passing along Gia's story and in their honor it is time for you to pick up the phone and make a donation because it is time for a match right now the auction Indian community one of our presenting sponsors this year for the Giveathon. the auction Indian community right now is sponsoring a dollar for dollar match of your donation here's what you do you pick up the phone and you call the desert financial phone bank I'm going to give you the number three times I'm going to give it nice and slow so you can get it. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. Call and make a donation right now. 602-933-4567. Yeah, we love when we're in a match. It's your best opportunity to have your money doubled. Your $20 becomes $40. So this is a great time to give back. You just heard Gia's story. This is the time to give back to this great hospital, Phoenix Children's Hospital. Not only that, you'll give a teddy bear in a kid's name. You're a, a, a child will get a teddy bear in your name when we do the Teddy Bear Express. 602-933-4567. The teddy bears happen when you choose to become a champion of hope. $20 per month. That's all we're asking. I know for a lot of people, that's a lot to ask right now with what's going on with the economy. If you can dig deep and find a way to make it work, $20 per month. And we will deliver a teddy bear in your name to a patient. And as Gambo had said,
said earlier, you'll get your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash right now. Again, 602-933-4567. And if you want to make just a one-time donation, that is also getting matched right now thanks to the Auction Indian community. So while you dial those numbers and while you make those donations, we've already received enough where we're firing up the train Teddy Bear Express. We're taking it upstairs. We've got our volunteers right now at the hospital who have gotten word that enough donations have come in. Teddy bears are on their way to kids right now. We can send more up when you call us at 602-933-4567. People that have made a donation early and not only do you feel good about making a donation, well now your money is doubled, but when you make that donation, you're also sending a teddy bear up to many children in that hospital can be very happy when they get a teddy bear to hold and hug and go to sleep with tonight. Alright, so we've been at this now for most of today through all the different shows, Bickley and Murata, Wolf and Luke. It's time now to do a toe check, and of course this is going on on KTAR News 92.3 as well. Let's see how day number one has gone so far. The total right now after day one for Phoenix Children's Hospital, $245,165. Look at that. One day in as we're trying to Fantastic. raise money for this great hospital. Absolutely. This is one of the biggest radiothon fundraisers for a children's hospital in the country. And we can't do it without your help. We cannot at all. So we still encourage you, don't stop calling. 602 Three three four five six seven. Seems to love it. Now the pitch. That's it pretty well out to right. Blackman back on the track. Turns, looks, bank shot. Another home run. His second of the game. And it's now 2-0 Arizona on two separate solo dongers from Emmanuel Rivera. Diamondbacks look to keep it going. We'll preview their matchup against the San Francisco Giants next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and buy Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. Diamondbacks baseball is up next here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station is the Arizona Diamondbacks who have won eight of their last 12 games. Playing a good brand of baseball. We've talked about them a couple of times today, whether it was the exciting Alec Thomas catch, another Christian Walker big fly yesterday. Diamondbacks winning yet another series. They're playing good baseball don't right that now. Pitching. Don't forget that Zach and Allen don't outing. Don't forget that Zach Tommy Allen Henry. or that Tommy Henry outing as well. Yeah, there's been a lot to like about the Diamondbacks. We'll see tonight if they can carry that in with them to their game against San Francisco. The opener of a series today as the Diamondbacks in San Francisco taking on the Giants. Diamondbacks coming to this one with a 53-61 and record. The Giants counter with an even 500 record. They're 57-57 and on the year. Your pitching matchup brought to you by Native Interiors. Your home, your way. Let Native Interiors, the flooring experts, match up your vision to your reality. Text the word FLOORS to 
to 620-620 as tonight for the Giants. It's Alex Cobb. The righty is 3-6 and six with a 4.15 ERA. Madison Bumgarner, the lefty, gets to start for the Diamondbacks. 6-11, ERA. It's kind of crazy. Alex Cobb has not won a game. Check this out. The last time he won a baseball game, he beat the Mets. On May 17th, wow, he has a 12-start winless streak. Hasn't won a game since May 17th. That's like three months. Hasn't won a game in three months. Still pitching, but hasn't won a game in three months. 0-5, 12 straight starts without a win for Alex Cobb. Uh, you mentioned the numbers going up against Madison Bumgarner, the former Giant, going home to, to pitch against his former yeah, team. And Mad Bum, in four of his last five outings, he has given up four earned runs or more. In his last three outings combined, he has given up 13 earned runs. He's seen his ERA really climb over the last month or so right, listen, with the D-backs. Let's call it like it is, man. Hey, they're, they're counting down the days where they don't have to pay this guy anymore. That's just the truth. Not going to sugarcoat this. Gallon, Kelly, Henry, uh, look, Tommy Fat is pitching extremely well. He had another good outing. We'll get to in that the in the farm report. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was great. So, like, the future looks good, but the future does not have Madison Bumgarner in it. No, Diamondbacks, as I mentioned, two of three over the weekend against the Colorado Rockies. They've won eight of their last 12. And there are all sorts of guys to talk about, whether it's Tommy Henry, whether it's Zach Gallen, who pitched on Saturday night, whether it's Ian Kennedy, who's pitching out of that closing role, Alec Thomas and his incredible catch that he made on Saturday night, Josh Rojas, Jake McCarthy, stealing bases at a really nice clip. Yeah. There is a lot to like about the Diamondbacks right now. I, I love, Let's start with the stolen bases. McCarthy had two and Rojas had one yesterday. They had three. I think they've had... Uh, you had a stat before that was fantastic. I think they have like 22 stolen bases in uh, the, in the in, month. In the, they're tied for first in baseball. For the yeah. month of August, tied for first in baseball. Look, they've got a young team. They could run fresh legs. They're getting out there. They're running. I mean, like to Tori Lovello's putting pressure on these defenses. They're bunting more than I've ever seen them bunt. They're, they're just playing really well, using their, the speed. Dalton Varsho hits a ball into the corner. Blackman struggles with it. He ends up scoring. I mean, it's a, I thought it was an inside the Park Homer. Then they showed the replay and he kind of bobbled it. It ends up being a triple. But man, just out of the speed of Varsho, the speed of McCarthy, the speed of Thomas, they've got so much speed on the base paths. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. And when they get on base, you know, you, you don't, you, you don't have to look down because they, it's, there's a good chance that somebody's going to be going. Depending on how they finish the season. And I know this isn't going to matter in the final analysis, but it might be a point of pride more than anything. Depending on how they finish the season and depending on how the Giants finish the season, the Diamondbacks have a real shot at being the third place team in this division. And I don't think anybody would have bought that at the beginning of the season. They're only four games behind San Francisco for and that. And San right Francisco's now. basically out of, they're about seven or eight games out of the wild card. They're, they're f- seven out of the wild they're card. Fading. They, they've played a little bit better lately, but yeah, it's been a fade for them since yeah. the All Star break. They haven't played very well at all. It is time for On the Farm, and it's brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. None of the main affiliates for the Diamondbacks are in action tonight, but Gambo mentioned it and since he did mention it, I'll bring it up that um, it has been a really good run for Brandon Fat down at the Reno Aces at AAA. Last night, six innings, one hit, 
10 strikeouts, two walks. Um, he has been really good over his last two or three starts. He's another guy in the system, maybe not thought of as highly as some of the others, but a guy who's pitched really well for Reno so far. No, I mean, they drafted him in the fifth round of the 2020 uh, draft, uh, but Brandon Fatt is one of those guys. I think that he's pr- he may not make it up this year. He may not make it up this year because he just got to Reno. He's only got the three starts now, so I don't know that he makes it up this year, but he's a guy that, that they, they definitely look at and they're definitely counting on him being one of those guys that could be in the rotation in the not-too-distance future. All right, the MLB standings, they are driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Diamondbacks start the day 26 and a half games out of first place behind the Dodgers. We've got some bad news today. Walker Bueller out for the rest of the season with an elbow injury. Wild card race, the Diamondbacks are still 10 games out of the last spot. San Francisco, as you mentioned, six games out of the last spot. As it stands right now, the Braves have the number one slot in the wild card race in the NL. The Padres are number two. The Phillies are number three. The Brewers are a game and a half back of the final playoff spot in the National League. Yeah, good. Listen, I you, you look at that, you hear that, and you just hope that soon, next year or the year after, the Diamondbacks will be in contention for one of those spots. Yeah, in the American League, by the way, the wild card standings, the Blue Jays have the top spot. The Mariners are a half game back for the second spot. The Rays currently have the third spot. The next closest team is the Baltimore Orioles. They're a game and a half back. David Peralta playing well for Tampa. Playing very well for them. He has been. All right, let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Keybacks, keys to the game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit mistamerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. You are the key master. This what do you is got? the key. After the, the Giants last year led the majors with a bullpen ERA of 2.99. They ranked 27th this year at almost four and a half. They're allowing opposing hitters to hit 262. That's the worst mark in the league. Take advantage of that bad Giants bullpen. T-backs baseball is up next. We're back with you tomorrow. Straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.